I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Right, Dean, good to see you again, mate. Long time no see, no nice. speak. Yeah, it's good to be back, mate. Really <laughs> yeah, apologise I'm using this. I did have two lovely uh, mics that we could have just attached to ourselves and the sound would be amazing. And I did charge them last night. It sounds like the kid coming up with excuses for, you know, not doing their homework. But I put them on charge for whatever reason they're not charged. So, don't know. Um, so, we're going to be using this. So, if it's all right, I'll ask some questions. I'll hand you the mic and then... Uh, uh, we always like a good chin wag anyway, so you can just uh, just go into one. So, big open question. What have you been getting up to since we last spoke? I mean, that is a good question, John. Um, so, different different things. Um, main thing I'd probably say is, is um, f- trying to figure out who I am still is, is a big thing for, for me, um, which has been a challenge since I finished playing football. Um, obviously, did the the fitness courses with yourself, which were fantastic and loved, which helped me set up my own personal platform, which I did during COVID and for a period after COVID. Um, Boom TV? Yes, which is still active, but I don't, I, I'm not part of it now, so I don't, it's not continued. It's still there for uh, if they want people to use it, but mm-hmm. it's kind of stopped me, me taking part of it and creating more content. I've kind of moved a, away from that, but it was brilliant for me at the time. Um, in terms of giving me real focus and, and purpose and trying to understand myself a little bit more. Mm. Um, that led me into going to one-on-one one, one on one coaching football, yeah. um, which, again, I really enjoyed with, with younger kids trying to pass on some a bit of knowledge and a bit of experience that, that I've had, which, which I enjoyed, but that came to an end as well. Mm. Um, then I've been working back in football media, um, so I'm working for Southampton Football Club now, covering all those games, which I'm really enjoying. Um, and I've just started my my coaching badges um, for football to try and get back into the game, um, which I think is something that I'm meant to do. I think that's who I am. And through fear, if I'm totally honest, I haven't confronted that. Um, I could, I've had a million and one excuses um, that I've put in the way of myself. Um, but the more work I've done on myself, I keep coming back to that. No matter where I go to, I come back to that. So it's been an interesting journey to this point, and it will, will continue, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully I'll keep evolving, if that's the word, or uh, changing. But that's where I am at the moment. Um, to do a little bit in property here and there because I'm interested in that and it's a different aspect to my life. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been an interesting couple of years. Yeah, okay, thank you. I, oh, there were so many questions that were firing into my head. I was thinking, oh, asking this, asking this. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, one of the ones that uh, sprang to mind straight away was, um, 
obviously we did some work uh, when you qualified. We did some work together putting this idea together where you got up every morning. You loved training, didn't you? Um, so you loved sort of training from home. Yeah. So it was like, why not get every, get others to join you on that kind of that that morning training session? Uh, then the idea was you were aiming sort of at um, uh, football and f- football um, fanatical dads. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So they would they would train with you, and then you were doing your was it a Sunday kind of open chat? Would you chat to people and they could? Yes, yes, yeah. I did that with uh, um, Lewis Harrington. Um, I think get a bit closer with this. Yeah, so I did that. With, if you don't mind. No, no, of course not. No, no, it was part of it. That that's use the word again, which you've used. That was the, the kind of platform evolving a little bit. Yeah. To to get others more involved and probably just share what I was feeling and experiencing at the time because I was I was completely lost at the time and my saviour was exercise. Mm. I mean, I can't live without exercise now because it what it does for me, it gives me clarity. It allows me to it allows me to allow all my feelings in the moment of exercise and I think I get a lot of clarity from that and I just wanted to share that and what I was feeling and it mm. was scary at times because you think oh, I've never done this before coming from a, a football background where it's all you know you close yourself off and you keep everything in to then suddenly trying to share and express what I was actually feeling and it was pretty it was pretty welcomed to be honest and what I found out is that a majority of us are feeling the same yeah yeah because that statistic that you told me about when footballers retire, I believe you said was it fifty percent are either broke or divorced. Was that I think right? it's about I think it's about one in three. I think it's about thirty three percent of like three years within finishing the game, uh, they're either bankrupt or divorced. Right. So I remember you telling me that, and um, I wasn't surprised. No. Just based on I, I mean I've always said that it must be really hard, and I think we talked about this. To, with every other job you do, you tend to finish your career at the top of your game, don't yeah. you? Whereas with your career, or any footballer's career, well, actually, we won't talk about yours specifically, but with generally with a sporting career, there's a little bit of a decline, isn't there? Yeah. And then eventually you have to have that conversation that maybe this is the time for me to you know, hang up my boots or whatever, which yeah, I, I completely... Empathise. I'm just like, wow, that's got to be a sad, a sad time. It is. It is sad, and it's hard at the time because mine. I mean, if I talk about myself, was was unexpected. I chose to make that decision, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready for it, and mm. I wasn't expecting to make that decision. Um, so when that happened, you're kind of thrown back into the real world. Your bubble bursts, that everything that's been going on since I was 16 years old at left school, finished playing at 34. So that's 18 years of, of just being told what to do, where to be, how to act, um, follow these rules. So no individual thinking, don't know who I am, don't know what I believe about life, don't really understand how I see the world. To them being released into into the world is scary. Mm. It's really scary. But... With, but I was released into all the traits and habits of unable to share, unable to discuss how I'm feeling, don't have the tools to be able to do that. So I've got all these internal feelings without being able to allow myself to get some help. Mm. And there, was, there wasn't, at the time really, 
there wasn't other players sharing that or expressing that this is how I felt this is what you could do this is what who I talked to this is how I was feeling so you just feel it's you so you feel isolated and lonely as well mm. um, and it's that competitive nature that you have during your career that probably stopped me from opening up and trying to go because I should have it all worked out I should know what I'm going to do because that's all I've ever done Yeah. and now I don't and where you start with that is, is I think, is where it can really spiral out of control. And it did for me. I, you try and find distractions. Mm. And alcohol was a distraction for me. Yeah, and we'll come to that in a sec if, that, if that's cool. Um, but I remember, um, well, I remember, so when you were at Brighton and I was there, I remember the culture and quite distinctively and sort of thinking I'm, I'm assuming this is just sort of typical football culture and literally no one showed any form of weakness whatsoever no, no. it just wasn't it, I think it's, it's a little bit different now uh, weakness I'm not sure maybe weakness maybe vulnerability vulnerability is a better yeah. word you're absolutely right I think yeah. nowadays there's a little bit more vulnerability because that's where the world is and it's supported yeah. When you were at Brighton, when I was at Brighton at Younger, that that wasn't allowed. That no. Wasn't, that wasn't. Um, I mean, it was a lot, lot, of pro, lot of bravado. Would you say? Yeah, it's like being in a school playground. Yeah. It's like being in school. You're all trying to find what your role is. Mm. You're all trying to find where you sit in the pecking order, and that's it. Mm. To come in and go, do you know what? I'm struggling. I'm feeling like this. I don't know what I'm going to do or what I should do. Oh, you'd be laughed at, ridiculed. So it, it, you felt as though. Well, if I do that, it's just going to make it worse. So I'll, I'll, I'll happily just stay at this level, not try and make it better. I don't want to get it, make it worse. So I'll just stay here. Mm. Do you think that culture's changed? It's a great question. Um, no. Honestly, no. I think there's more willingness to share, but I don't know if the culture's changed. No. It's going to take a long time, isn't it, for a culture to change in anything, I think. I think so, it will take generations because then you'll get different generations leading and they'll come up with different experiences mm. and different ideas. Now you've kind of still, we're very, I think we're very good at, at suggesting that we're doing these things, but are we really doing them or are we just ticking boxes? Oh yeah, God, that's such a good point. It's like when someone has, um, you know, a college or, uh, you know, a school has that, you know, yeah. zero tolerance to bullying. Yeah. It looks lovely on a poster, doesn't it? Of course it? it does. But what does that actually mean? That's a great, it's exactly that. What does it mean? And what do I understand it to mean? And what does the individual understand mm. it to mean? Because it could mean different things to different people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm not sure it's actually been implemented with care. So it's basically once the old dinosaurs die out and then new breeds <laughs> wow. start coming through. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. When uh, I don't know if you met George, uh, George Horlock. I don't know if he was teaching on the workshops that you're on. I don't think he was, but he's he worked, he's done some bits for Storm. He's been on the podcast a few times, and he's he's younger than me. Like we're good mates, but he's actually closer to my son Jaden's age than he is mine, I think. But <laughs> um, but it's great because we have these chats, and he'll talk about like his perspective yeah. with the era that he's growing up in, and uh, we were talking about. Uh, anxiety he, he he overcame some really bad anxiety and uh, it's, it's a really uh, it's actually a great story of how we overcame it but um we talked about the differences between like my generation being able to talk about our feelings and yeah. um 
and just been a bit more authentic and open about that stuff versus the era that he's grown up in. Yeah. And I said, like, my, the intelligent part of me, my brain knows there's nothing wrong with me opening up and showing my vulnerabilities and, and talk, you know, even talking to my wife about certain stuff. But there's still something in me, I don't know if it's conditioning or what, yeah. that says, nah, you're supposed to be like the, yeah, the, the caveman, you know, yeah. the provider, the, you, don't, you, don't, that's, you, don't, you don't do that. Um, and I'm, I'm quite thankful that my son's growing up in an age where I think it will be all right for him to do that. Like, certainly right with me, like he can do it with me, but I yeah. think even the expectation of him from society and his peers, I'm, I like to think will be different. Well, I think... The big difference is that he has you, so that's the difference. That he, if he, you sometimes you only need one person that you're able to open up to and be able to discuss how you're feeling. I don't think you need lots personally. Mm. I think if you can find that individual or maybe a couple that you really feel as though you can find a safe and comfortable space where you can just be you, authentic. What am I feeling at the moment? I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I've got these dark thoughts. I'm happy. I'm really. I want to celebrate. Whatever it is that you can go and share that, and someone's going to be willing to listen to you, and not tell you how it should be or what you should do. Just listen. And if your son has that from you, that's brilliant. Mm. Because I, I, my, I, my parents are amazing people. Amazing. They've done so much for me. And I'm so grateful to them. But they're from a different generation. So the traits they gave me, which were great as well, were pick yourself up and get on with it. Yeah. It's really helped me in certain aspects of my life. Mm. When you need to dig deep, they gave me that. But they didn't have the tools to be able to, because they were probably dealing with their own issues that they yeah, didn't have people to speak to. So if you've allowed yourself to open up and be vulnerable and speak to others, your son will see that. So you're an example to him and then he'll be willing to do it to you, I think. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, thank you. That's nice feedback. But the, um, I wonder as well whether it does it. I feel like I'm on dodgy territory with this. What I'm about to say, but coming from like a a man in his life as well, whether that has more. Because the the reason I say that is, uh, like my mum was very much open and would happily talk about her feelings. Yeah. So I had that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but less so from my dad and exactly the same I've got no regrets <laughs> don't wish to have different parents or anything yeah. like that you know they were yeah. brilliant and exactly that that kind of stiff upper lip yeah. you know brush yourself down crack on that definitely has some strengths to that and, yeah. and has helped me massively over the years but um, yeah if I feel for me personally I feel like you, you need certain male role models in your life to, to, to go first on that, don't you? Yeah. Before you go, I think it's okay if I do this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, I, I think so. You, and that is just, what's the saying, leading by example. Mm. I think that if, if, I've kind of lost a little bit of faith in people's words in, in recent years, and it's more what they do. Yeah. I trust their good. actions. So if your son is seeing you being vulnerable, having these conversations, I think that's the difference rather than you saying oh you should be able to do that with me you need to be able to do that I don't like those two words should need things like that that's a dictatorship that's yeah. you're telling them where I think if he sees it and even John he may not he may never come to you 
But I think the feeling of knowing he could is the difference. Yeah, that's really interesting. You're right. I need to stick on like Marley and me or something and let him see me cry. <laughs> well, that's up to you. <laughs> you seen that film? No, I haven't. <laughs> it's brutal. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. That's in bits at the end. It was weird because uh, <laughs> I'm not even joking. So I was I was watching it with um, with the family. Jaden wasn't there actually, um, but Samantha, my wife, and Lyra was there, and. Spoiler alert, if anyone's uh, not watched this film, just uh, everyone knows about Marley and me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember this, it happening to me and being like, what's going on? <laughs> Never experienced this before. And Samantha turned around and went, honey, are you crying? <laughs> and I was like, I had the, like, my hand here and I was, I was going, this is such a stupid film. Like, what's the point in this? You know, and getting a bit, yeah, yeah. almost like a bit cross about it. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, so don't, don't rush out to watch it. It's, um, it, does, it does strange things to you, Dean. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's, you're absolutely right. Role modeling is so, much, so important, isn't it? One of my favorite poems, I can't recite it, but um, I'll send it to you. It's called um, A Little Man Follows Me. Okay. It's all about role modeling exact yeah. to be honest it sums up exactly what you just said yeah you can talk a good game all day long but it's about what they see you doing on a day-to-day -day basis and uh, it resonated with me as a dad um but actually as a as a coach as a trainer as a teacher i don't think whatever role you have it would resonate with you i think with, with any individual um so yes yeah, so you're on this um uh, you're on this, this path, you know, you're trying to work out a little bit of soul searching, trying to find out who you yeah. are, trying to fill the void of, yeah, not playing football anymore. Yeah. Because, um, you know, going back to that, I can only imagine you're, you're, there cannot be many feelings better than walking out in a stadium with thousands of people, shouting out your name, sharing the, you know, wearing the jersey, you've got your, the camaraderie of the team that you're playing for. It's, it's very meaningful, isn't it? It's such a... I think that's the right word. It's, it's meaningful. It's, it's real. I think that's the feeling. Um, because those times were, were, were filled with anxiety and fear, of, of course, as well. Mm. But excitement as well and, and being able to do something that I loved and being able to to be me, I think. I think that was what I missed, really, because when I played, I, I allowed myself to be me, whatever that was. Mm. You know, was that aggressive, was that horrible, was that kind, whatever it was, I, I, I allowed myself to be that person on the pitch, and I haven't been able to replicate that. That feeling, that excitement of winning a game. Was that happiness, was that relief? I'm not too sure yet, I'm still trying to work all that out. Um, but yeah, the being part of something, being part of a cause that you believed in and that dictating your life. I, I love that. I love waking up every morning knowing what I was trying to do today. Yeah. I get it wrong on many occasions, wouldn't perform, but I knew what I was trying to do. I had that real clarity of, of where I was in my life and what I was aiming for and that, that gave me energy, which I loved. And it, I, haven't, I haven't quite been able to find that yet. You have different... You have different amazing feelings with your children, your family, and, and they're different, I think. They're yeah, they really are, different. yeah. They're unbelievable and they're incredible. I don't, wouldn't change them for anything, and I've been very fortunate that I've been able to spend a lot of time with my children. But it's not the same, and I'm not judging either against each other or comparing them, but they're not the same. So that void that, 
I had from football was difficult, really difficult. Mm. And I've not been able to replace it. And I think, I've, if I'm honest, there's an acceptance that I never will. And that gives me a little bit of peace, I think. It actually does, yeah. Yeah, which I didn't. I was always trying to chase. I need that adrenaline, a bit like a, well, it's an addiction, really. Yeah, it reminds me very much of, um, there's a book I read fairly recently, actually, called Dopamine Nation. And I knew quite a bit about dopamine, and I understood a bit about um, some of the stuff I'd read. It's actually a book on addiction, um, which I didn't re- realise until I started reading it, um, because uh, I, I'd recently been talking about dopamine for exercise, and that's this book, Dopamine Nation. This is going to be perfect. So it's so interesting. And it's talking about how, so like obviously when we have a coffee, dopamine levels go up yeah. by 50%. Um, sex, yeah. dopamine levels go up by you know, 100%. And there's certain things that will elevate dopamine. And uh, generally, that's okay. You know, even playing your mobile phone elevates your dopamine. Yeah. So we get this feel-good feeling all the time. You walking out onto a pitch, people calling your name, scoring a goal for your team... I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd love to know what the what that is, what number that would be. But oh, wow, yeah. I mean, it's off, it's off probably going to be so. Like, um, I'll get the drug right now, but heroin. But I think pretty much heroin is a thousand percent. Okay. So you can see why that's so hard to come off. It makes me wonder <laughs> whether the the buzz from scoring a goal in you know, front of thousands of screaming fans is close to that of heroin. Scoring the goal potentially. Um, that's the biggest. I mean, have you done her? Can you, no, <laughs> can you compare them? Can you compare no, the two? No, unfortunately not. Well, fortunately, <laughs> not. fortunately, well, not. Yeah, fortunately <laughs> I don't know which one that is. Um, yeah, scoring a goal, that's the, the biggest high. It's got to be, isn't it? I've experienced. Instant, I mean. There's other, you know, winning promotions, um, winning things, playing, you know, lifting trophies. They, they're huge highs but that instant of the ball in the back of the net and the noise and the love you get <laughs> yeah the love and the attention that yeah. we probably all crave um, being seen you're seen in that you're noticed you're yeah. valued in that in that moment oh, it passes very quickly when reality hits and go oh, we've still got a game to win or mm. whatever but that 10-15 seconds that you get is yes. Yeah, Incredible. I imagine it's a cocktail of happy hormones because you'll definitely get dopamine. Mm. Serotonin is supposed to be associated with status. Okay. Well, you're definitely getting that elevated. Yeah, you yeah. just scored for your team in yeah. front of a lot of people that are watching, especially TV. The level you played at, you've got... Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got serotonin, you've got the dopamine. Um, you've probably got the endorphins because you, you potentially sprinted and worked really bloody hard to score that goal so you've got that circulating around your body and then oxytocin is a love hormone so you've got the crowd you've got your fans you know you're getting you're getting the you're getting bundled by (laughs) you got skin on skin depends you know what depends let's go even deeper with this the last minute a last minute goal or a winning goal is you can't be is there one particular one that stands in your mind have i ever scored a last minute goal I don't think I have. I've celebrated a last-minute goal with people, and I think that's a similar feeling because yeah. that, that's that is that's every emotion involved. Because then you are—I mean, you've been moments where you're jumping in the crowd, so it's, mm. you're in there. It's not just celebrating with; you're in. 
together, yeah. players in, coaches coming over. That <laughs> I'm actually getting oh, goosebumps. It's, inc- it's it's incredible. You never you never want that to, to end. That's but it does. Yeah. Oh, you'd be riding off that buzz. I'm, I'm actually getting like so. I'm generally getting goosebumps, kind of thinking about it and going back there. So if if, if me reminiscing about a memory that I don't even have, mm. <laughs> someone else's memory. Yeah. What does that feel like to the person that's doing it? So but I guess my point is, you're getting this cocktail of potent mood-boosting hormones relatively regularly. Yeah, yeah. Now you're not. Totally understandable that there might feel like there's a void. And I bet you've been like, so I completely understand and relate. And I think anyone listening actually would to where you say like, you know, obviously I get happy moments for my children and you kind of always want to make that clear, don't you? Like, yeah, it's, not that, it's not that I don't love my kids. Yeah. It's not that like my kids don't make me happy. Of course they do. And my wife and everything, yeah. like that's all, but it's different. It's not the same. And I think anyone with any kind of sense understands that. So. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah. Because it would literally be like saying to somebody, don't want to compare you to an alcoholic or a heroin addict, but it'd be like saying what's the matter with you? You know, you've got this family around you. You've got all this stuff going for you. Like, why would you not just be happy with that? Why do you need to drink? Well, obviously it's not quite as straightforward as that, is it? And I think that's half the battle because that's what you do get. So you get that from others Mm. and not from a bad place. They're not trying to shame you. They're just trying to share what they see. Like you've got all of this that you should be grateful for. And again, should be, should be grateful for that. You should. You've got this to look forward to, and and you and you sit there and you go. You're right. I do, but I don't feel it. Mm. And it's it's that because then you feel well, something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? Yeah, that's horrible. And you haven't got again. Uh, when I finished, what well, you didn't have people sharing, so you feel that loneliness, and it's that's all me. Something wrong with me, and no one else is feeling like it. Look, in, look, social media. Look, he, there's another football. He's getting all his life. Look, he's cracking life. He's got it all worked mm. out. Look at me. I'm falling apart. I mean, you also don't know what's going on inside there. No, head, of you? course, but that's what you see because yeah. they're not willing to share that. And I'm not willing to share that I'm falling apart, so I'm showing no vulnerability. And I'm probably trying to show that I've got it all worked out. So it's just a spiral of everyone looking like they've got it all worked out, but everyone's just crumbling and struggling. Not everyone. Some people, I'm sure, can, but a majority, a high percentage do. Mm. It's weird that, isn't it, having to give off this... I don't know where that come from, this showing everybody you're doing all right. It's... Is there, is there an element of competitiveness to that? I think uh, I think so. I think it's ego, isn't it? It's it's pride. Um, um, sorry, Dean, just checking on the camera there. Um, that'd be a nightmare, wouldn't it? It's just the whole thing and it hasn't recorded it. Um, are you warm enough, by the way? Heat is lovely. <laughs> Heat is lovely. I don't get people on my sofa and deliberately ask that question so I can get close to them. But, um, yeah, I, I have put the heating on, but uh, I don't know if it's kicked in yet. Um, sorry, yes, carry on where you were because... We got interrupted because I thought the camera switched off. I can't remember where I was there, but I just think it's, again, players, ex-professionals hiding injuries, illness, um, situations they've got going on in their life, all for that, so they can't show a weakness for a manager to leave them out, to to drop them, to question them, Mm. because they want that chance to play. They want that chance to be able to score a goal, to be involved in that celebration. Yeah. So it is like that addiction, I suppose. I'm only probably putting that together now as I'm saying it, really. Um, I'm sure there's lots of things that go with that. If 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 I get selected by the manager, I feel valued as well. So I feel as though I've got a... 
a place within this group. I feel valued within this group. It probably brings me some strength within this group. Mm. If I don't play, I feel vulnerable. I feel less. So all these emotions are happening. I'm going off on a tangent now, but all these no, emotions, mate, this is good. This all is... these emotions are happening. What? Why? You, why you're playing without knowing? I, I'm not sitting there knowing this. I'm just either feel high or low. Mm. That's the basis of how I would feel. How are you? Oh, good. How are you? Oh, I'm okay, which means things are not so good. Yeah. Do you know what I relate it or liking it as well to? Um, if you've been in the military all your life, and you're part of a exactly well like you said you're told what to do what time to do this yeah. when to do that you've got the support network you've got the kind of multi-disciplinary team that are contributing to to everything you do and you know you've got that strong brotherhood as well with yeah. a, with the military which you would have had in football and it like with the military obviously they if they leave and then they have to filter back into society into regular life where you're in a home that uh, is separate to the home next door. Um, it's all very separate now, isn't it? It's not like we live in tribes anymore. No. And essentially, you, you were part of a tribe, weren't you? Yeah. A close-knit tribe, same as someone in the military. You leave that tribe, and then you're kind of going at it alone. You, you're, not, you're no longer, again, like in the military, you're, you're protecting your brothers. You're, you're dry. I mean, it's such a, a strong sense of purpose, isn't it? Keeping the person next to you alive and... With what you were doing, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite complex, isn't it? You think about all the levels to what you were doing with regards to your purpose, helping all your teammates, you know, helping the staff, the fans. Yeah. There's a lot going on there, isn't there? So all of a sudden going, all right, uh, let's try and replace that now, shall we? <laughs> so, uh, mate, I'll totally see what... The, yeah. So, well, all right, let's move on to... Uh, what did you do to sort of, what have you done to try and fill that void? Again, it's a great question. I pause because I think acceptance is the biggest thing now for me. Yeah. That that may never come around. And that's okay. Like, so there was a long time when I finished, I, I, I shirts, medals, gone, garage, cobwebs, boots couldn't play football with my kids, didn't want to watch football, couldn't go to football stadiums, football on the TV, walk into another room, just walk away, couldn't face it at all. Um, and they were signs to me at the time, on reflection, that obviously there was not something wrong with me, but I, I was not myself. So I, I dived into family life, which, which helped. I had some great time with the kids. Um, but now I, I just try to... I try to really listen to other people. Uh, I try to connect with others and relate to others. I listen to lots of podcasts. I try and read. I'm not a great reader. I'm a terrible reader because I just can't concentrate for long periods of time. But I try to now um, and just try to share as much as I can how I feel with others. Mm. And I think if you can show some vulnerability, other people will be vulnerable to you and you can learn other things. It's taken a long time, this, by the way. This, this, this is not instant. And this is, I probably, if I'm honest, and I'm not just saying this because I'm here, when I, when we did, when I did the courses with yourself and, and Storm, it was the first time I felt part of something again because we were, we were all online. But when we actually came into the gym and we met up and we were going through the things, mm. I felt that again. Right. I didn't know any of them. I knew yourself. I didn't know any of them. 
But that routine of coming in, yeah. that routine of being on time, that almost obligation to others to get there on time and try and kind of discuss what was going on and, and reach out and go, do you know what, I'm struggling a little bit of this. What, what do you think? I've never have done that before. And then someone maybe comes to you and goes, well, actually, I'm, I'm, I don't really know what this means. Have you got any ideas? Well, no, but should we go and try and work it out? That, that feeling that we had for a week, two weeks started something in me again to think okay i've missed this so and just listening to myself john and trying to trust my instincts of what i was feeling and not just continue being told what i should feel like and Mm. what i should be doing and how lucky i am and whatever anyone was saying to me actually pausing and thinking well do i agree with that do i actually think that i'm allowed to have an opinion I mean, that was a big thing for me, mm. to allow myself to have an opinion, really. And I know it sounds stupid, really. I'm a grown man, I'm a 40-year-old man, but when you haven't had one previously, you've had an opinion in football in terms of meetings and stuff like that, but I mean on life, really. So, yeah, a lot of internal work, really, which has been... Oh, it's been painful, I'm not going to lie. Because it's just the truth, and when the truth hits you, and you're allowed, you allow the truth in. It's it's brutal, if I'm honest. Mm. But good. Yeah, the um, the talking about how it's different, like you know, your acceptance that potentially that void is not going to be filled. Which you know, on one side of it, you think, oh, that's really sad. Yeah, it's not going to get filmed. But then you can look at it, it's it's it is very subjective, isn't it? And it's you can look at it and go, well, you know, at least I had it, I had that experience, I've got that, those memories to reflect back on, what I've learned from it and everything. But I think that kind of acceptance, is, that, that's, that's important. Like when I've, I've read books or watched documentaries about, you know, these Zen Buddhist monks and what have you, um, they obviously don't experience any of those big highs and they never, you know, they, they, don't, they don't drink, they don't, get, they don't get these big surges in dopamine or anything. Yeah. They're just very constant and yeah. very controlled and, and yeah so it's a different like you mentioned the word happiness like you're not even sure that, that was happiness back then i mean it depends on someone's interpretation of happiness yeah. but i think i think there's several metrics that you can use to measure happiness and getting pleasurable experiences like what you were getting when you played football it's probably just one of many aspects of yeah. the end game of happiness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and what we get from being parents and seeing our children grow up healthy and, and, and their happiness, that's one of those metrics, isn't it? You know, that's one of the boxes that you tick and you feel good for. Um, but yeah, I, mate, I can see how that would be so tough. And look, people always often they look at people on the TV, don't they go, Oh, it's all right for them, you know. God, I'd love to have their life, and they don't think about what happens when that's no longer there anymore, and it but doesn't also, last forever, does it? But also, that's true as well, because the life is good. It is like I look back on now, and when you're involved in it, you don't realise that because you're so. So I can only suppose speak about me when I had when I had my football career. I was all in. That was it. I was all in. Nothing else mattered. I used to get abuse from my friends because I'd never be on my phone, I'd never reply. 
because just there was no interest. I, of course I would, but it would take me days and I'd miss calls and stuff like that. You know, I would, if I needed rest because I'd train in the next day or a game, I'd miss things with the kids. You know, I'd miss birthdays, I'd miss Christmas. But at the time, I was just like, no, this is my life. And I'm giving, I can't give you that, kids, but I'm giving you this. So I was just all in. And the, the life is good. So there is some truth in that. When people go, oh, I've got all this. And all. It is. Mm. The, there is something in that. But also, what I think is the understanding that it's not all good. So it is good, but it's not all Mm. If that if that makes that does sense. make sense, yeah, you got to take the rough and the smooth, haven't you? Yeah, I think, and that's like anything in life. A lot of pressure. Obviously. I'm sure it was you. It might have been. It might be. So you can correct me if it wasn't you. But I remember. Um, you know, there was the when at Brighton when there was the talks of getting the the new stadium. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was you, but I remember asking you or if it was. Um, you know, excited about the new stadium, and I think you said. Um, well, if I'm still here, you know, and you said something along the lines of, um, my, my, you know, your, fo your football career is only as long as your current contract or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you said something like mine runs out wherever it was. And, you know, if it gets renewed or whatever. Uh, and I remember being like, Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I mean, everyone's talking because everyone's talking about oh, the new stadium, you know, yeah. cause I had a lot of Brighton, friends that were fans yeah and so they'd be like you know find out some information all this you know like i'm some sort of spy for the <laughs> for the brighton brighton fans and um you know i would just pff, hear nothing because <laughs> yeah, yeah. you guys are often the last to find out anyway, things yeah, weren't you? We, we did we i mean at that stage when the club were, didn't have a stadium didn't have a training ground we trained at sussex university yes yeah, um they were just plans that i'd heard since the age of 15 really um but it is, I suppose, it, that pressure of, yeah, your contracts, your football career is as long as your contract. There's no, there's no guarantee someone else is going to want you. Mm. There's no guarantee to that. It's the likelihood that they probably will. But you don't know that what that even looks like. What's the length of your next contract? Um, what's the value of your, your next contract? What does that mean to your family life? Because, you know, I could have, you could have a three-year contract on a certain amount of money and you live to that and that can include investments that can include um, money that you put into your, your family home your family life etc <clears throat> but that can all change in an instant you know if you, that, that contract's over and suddenly you're on half the wages on a six month contract a year's contract at the other end of the country your family don't want to move the kids are settled in school there's lots of decisions to, to be made that it's not quite all that on the TV, you see players getting five-year deals on X, X amount of money. Mm. That Yes, that does happen, and, and people do live that life, but that's not all footballers. And I think we all get tarnished with that same brush, that if, you, if people see you playing in League Two, for instance, which is a professional footballer, thinking, oh, well, they're, they're a footballer, they've got, they're earning this amount of money, and they've got this house, they've got this type of lifestyle. And that's just not true mm. for everyone. Do you remember Nicky Forster? Yeah, no, Nicky. So I remember um, when he was, when I was talking to him at the club once, and uh, he was talking about retirement, um, and and I said, oh, what are you going to do next? And he said, I'll think about doing a, a plumbing apprenticeship. It might have been plumbing or, or Sparky. And again, me being naive, was like, I had a little moment, I was like, 
I was not expecting that answer. <laughs> but wow, really? Okay, interesting. Which, yeah, that's 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 not what people see when they you know they don't. No, and for some it is. For some it can be. So the, the, but there is a yin and a yang to it. The, mm. the some it can mean that you don't have to work again, and you've got everything set if you can use your money wisely. If you've got good advice, I mean, you, we could have another conversation on that and what footballers' advice footballers get, etc., and and what happens with that. Um, but it's it's you've got a a period of time. You leave school at sixteen, and then most players, the aim is well, the aim for me and when I my generation was to try to get to thirty five, because that was when you could get your PFA pension at the time. You can't do that now. It's all changed, and it was coming to. I think my year was the last year you could do that. Um, you have to wait till you're 55. I do, yeah. Yeah, it's all completely changed. So that was always the period of like, can I go for those 19 years, and what can I achieve in that? As in a football career, what can I achieve, and what can I earn really? Mm. And the first 10 years, you don't really think about it. What you're earning It's just like, can I build a career? Can I enjoy football? What a life I'm living. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm playing football every day. And I'm exercising every day, and I'm experiencing this every day. But then, when you settle down and you have kids, and then you get a mortgage, and then you, thirty was a big time for me. You hit thirty, and it kind of hit home, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm going to need to do something else. But a good thing for me was I was always fit. A bad thing for me was I was always fit <laughs> because I never thought it was going to stop. Right. My aim was to always get to forty. And I, so from 35, 36, I started thinking about what I was going to do then. I finished at 34. Right. So I was two years, I was six years from when I was thinking I was going to finish and two years from even thinking about what I was going to do. And I made that decision mm. to stop, which made it worse for me in the impact of what happened when I stopped playing. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's such a difficult one because I speak to people about this all the time and they, they talk about plan Bs of of preparing yourself when you're playing and for what you're going to do afterwards. And I do get that. And there's some, I think there's some real value in that. But also, if you're going to do something, if you're going to be a footballer and you're going to be the best footballer you, can, you possibly can, there's also an argument of you've just got to do that and forget everything else. So it's what do you do? Oh, God. So do you, get dis- do you get distracted during your career of doing your badges and doing investments? And does that take you away from being yeah, the best yeah, possible course, player yeah. you could? Or do you go all in and do um, and gamble and go, I'm going to be the best player I can, nothing else matters, don't think about anything else, and it works out for you or doesn't work out for mm. you. So I was one that was just all in. I was very simple. Plan B's plan to fail. Yeah, <laughs> not not even thinking in that, no, in that but depth. You were just, just I'm going to be a footballer, it. and it worked for me in terms of I think I got the most out of I possibly could. I would argue that to... to absolutely optimise your chances of being the best you can possibly be I would argue that is what you, that is correct I think that's probably my belief as well mm. um, but there's an element of risk that comes so with that where does it absolutely leave you? and so where does it leave you yeah there's, so, there's a huge element of risk there yeah. that, I mean, but that's, that's yeah but then I sit there and go well why am I doing it if I'm not going to try and be the best I possibly yeah. can so, yeah no I understand that yeah yeah mate if, if uh, so I I have elements of the plan B thing. I, I, it's probably how I was brought up of, you know, what if this and what yep. if that, and, you know, I catastrophize a little bit. So I put things in place. I definitely think that has impacted me on certain elements where I've 
I could have been more successful. Like I'm, definitely, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm happy, etc. But I guess I think I probably value stability and security uh, more, or or I fear I fear poverty. I fear being on my ass more than I enjoy being very successful. So that's why I probably have the plan B thing always in the back of my mind. But it comes um, down to John. I think you you. you valuing what you think success is for you not what others think not yeah. what the world thinks not what you should be doing or could do or what you're capable of it's i think for me it's understanding that and you and you've been at peace with that what does success actually mean to me how many people ask themselves that and actually pause and work out what they want because i didn't because i if i'm totally honest and as i'm sitting here now i had everything and more than i ever wanted but i didn't know that so what I mean when I got to 30 was when I met a financial advisor and who planted seeds in my mind that I needed to now invest heavy. I needed to now put money into this. I needed now to do this because I wasn't on the, on the right route. Where if I sit back and reflection now, I was. Because I was happy with it. Could I have done more with my money in his mind? Yeah, of course, mm. to make more money. But what if I didn't need more money? But I didn't know this at the time. Yeah. So I didn't know what success meant to me. I didn't know what I wanted in life. I was just playing football. And, and that's all I you was doing. You should enjoy the process, don't yeah. you? Yeah, but then when that seed was planted, I was like, oh, you, 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 it, it, it got me thinking. And thinking is dangerous. Well, I, like like an anxiety almost, you know. Like yeah. a, 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 a what I stopped. I started thinking instead of feeling. So I didn't feel what I wanted. I started thinking what I oh, wanted. Right, yeah. So I, I was overthinking and confusing myself and coming up with all these scenarios and playing all those stories that we all do in our head of, oh, what if this happens and what if I don't do that and what's that going to mean and where's that going to go and what are we going to do and what about the kids and what about my, my wife and what's she going to think and what my family going to think? Oh, you, you're dead then. It's over. Oh no, that's me, Dean. Because, <laughs> but that's fine if you understand what you want. I think. And by the way, I've not got the answers to any of them. I'm just <laughs> speaking out loud, yeah, so no, I've good. not worked anything out. Mm. But what I mean is that I think if you can follow your instincts, and I think instincts are feelings, you really you can you can you can figure out what you, you what you want, and then you can incorporate that. And if I know what I want, then I can go to my wife and think, well, this is what I'm feeling. And this is what I, how I see life. What do you think? But if I'm just sitting there going, oh, we could do this and we could do that, and what about that, and what do you think? And uh, just... I end up going on a massive tangent here if I'm not careful, but um, <laughs> when you were saying that, it made me think, I, I, I wonder whether once upon a time we were very much more intuitive and did everything based on feelings. But now we have, because we had limited information. Yep. But now we have so much information that we have to process that our, bro you know, our brain's kind of like filtering through it like filing cabinets going, you know, yeah. before that we have to make any... So the simplest decision, we overthink it because yeah. we've got to rifle for all the information that we've been gathering over the years from TV, internet, social media, all the people we reach out to. I mean, it's constant, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's tough. It's hard. Kids growing up now, they reckon that uh, a young person growing up today processes more information in a week than like I would have had to have processed in a year when I was that age. Which is incredible and well, crazy when you, you think of it like that. It's no wonder the, the sort of, you know, 
mental illnesses on the rise because yep. it's just I just don't think we've got the it's probably like you know when you tr- back in the day when you had a computer that didn't have a very good processor and yeah. it would just crash if you yeah. got it to do anything more than sort of Microsoft Word or Excel it would just be like Rrr. that's probably what's going on isn't it we're just not probably but like again that is the world at the moment so but I think within that we all have choices yeah, you can block it all out if you want to. You, can. you don't have to go on social media. There's no. no rule saying you have to. Now, is it hard not to go on social media? Yeah, it really is. It's so hard for anyone, I think, because that's how life is. And you can get so much information. On that. And you can get good stuff on there as well. It's not all yeah. bad. But you don't have to do that. You don't have to get married. You don't have to have kids. You don't have to have a mortgage. All these things that... I wasn't aware of. I know it sounds silly. No, I know what you mean. You I just kind of conform or just, just follow the follow. follow the herd. Yeah, well, that seems like a good. Well, yeah, we could do that yeah. without going. Do I want to do that? Mm. Is that who I am? By the way, just in case uh, my wife's listening, I, I, I did want to get married, <laughs> and I di- and I did want the children. Yes, yeah, I did. Same. I'm saying that I in found the past out tense. I did. I still want them. I still want them. I still want you. Um, <laughs> but no, I know exactly what you mean. You just sort of do stuff because that's what everyone else does when you and if you do ever have a moment where you challenge the status quo and do something a bit different there's a little bit where you're a bit like i don't know kind of like oh, i'm challenging the status quo here it's, pa- it's power it sort of feels quite yeah. good doesn't it yeah you're doing something because you think you believe it is correct yeah rather than just what is expected yeah feels nice man this is uh god we could go down so many little tangents on this i love it actually i love all that um, so take us back then. So uh, you're you're obviously managing. Um, what you're, you're you're learning to have a bit of acceptance over the fact that you're no longer playing football. You do your 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 PT quals with us. Yep. Um, we get to meet again. Love loved the the experience. Great meeting you again. And we did we did some work together working on building um, your business. Yep. We had Boon TV on the go. Um, you were like fanatical about your, your workouts in the morning and stuff yeah. like that. And then what sort of what's happened since then? What have you been up to? Well, that that stopped, like like I mentioned at the, yeah. at the beginning, um, because it served a purpose for me, John. And I'm so grateful for that experience. So grateful for everything I, I've mentioned. But I, I knew there was something. There was still a void. So even though I was getting. And it's just going to sound get. I was getting better then. Like I was sick, but maybe I was. But I felt more. I, I was reignited with with something. There was still something missing. It wasn't. It, it still wasn't enough. It wasn't. I wasn't jumping out of bed in the morning for it. So mm. I just continued to try and search for that, with the, obviously the added responsibilities I have of, of three children, um, supporting my family. So that's where the property side comes into it. That's probably how I earn my my money. Mm. Um, but I wanted to do something again with my life, and it's only, I would say, since September, really, is when I had a conversation with my wife when we were on holiday. Um, she asked me some really good questions. She could sense that something wasn't still quite right. Um, and then I just, again, it's been the most powerful thing for me and the scariest thing. I reached out again. I reached out to Adam Hinchwood at Worthing and just asked if I could come in. 
and and see if if coaching was for me, if being around people again was was for me. <laughs> and he was great. Met me for a coffee. Um, listened to me. I listened to him, and I've been coaching with the under 18s at Worthing ever since. And I feel alive again. Like, oh wow, that's I feel, great. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It, I feel alive again. I'm not going to sit here and say it doesn't scare the life out of me. You know, having to stand up in front of people I'm not great at, but I'm willing to do, um, to put across my own ideas and own opinions. It brings huge anxiety up in me, but I'm willing to do it. And I think that's the difference that wherever, whatever I do in life, John, I always feel as though I don't want to do it. As in, like, uh, what are people going to think of me? comparison am I going to be judged um, and am I going to embarrass myself um, and that has stopped me doing a lot in my life I feel all that now with coaching but it doesn't stop me mm. so there's a little sign there that goes okay I could be on the right road here because I'm still feeling everything that's prevented me before but it's not stopping me now right so it's almost like that's what I mean by that internal feeling internal voice of like okay you could be onto something here yeah so i'm just seeing i'm step by step can i go into training next time yes can i turn up for a game next time can i have a conversation with that player next time and we'll see so that that's where i'm at now it's like um they talk about listening to, or listening to your gut yeah uh, or you know feeling from your gut sort of thing it sounds like that's kind of you've got a bit more of that going on with this this coaching role potentially I, I think it's it's you, you meant you use the words authentic I think that's who I am I think I, I've never I haven't this is the closest I've got so I can't I don't think I can ever replicate those feelings of those last minute goals etc but when I'm coaching with the 18s at Worthing and they're a great group by the way fantastic people the coaches mm. fantastic people the setup of Worthing is amazing like what they're doing at that football club is incredible it really is and I've been around some big clubs and um, experienced people it's, it's brilliant what Adam Hinchwood and, and the coaches and the people there are doing are, are great I forgot what I was going to say now but when I'm coaching with those players and I'm fully involved and I'm there I'm present and that's that's living yeah. nothing else going on in the world doesn't matter does it no and, I'm, and I'll go this far I'm not thinking about what the kids are doing or what my wife's doing or what I need to do later or what I haven't done or what I've got on tomorrow I'm there for that hour I'm just there there's nothing else in the world and right. I think if you can live like that that's if I can live like that more and more ah, there's nothing else I don't think I mean that is spot on, isn't it? Because going back to the old Zen Buddhist monks, whatever yeah. you want to call them, yeah. they that that's exactly what they do, do don't they? They're very present. They work on their mindfulness, and like if 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 people like you or I go away and we 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 work on mindfulness in itself, you know, we we meditate and we do all that stuff. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard work. It is. Yeah. But then you find something that, like what you're talking about, kind of reminds me of the flow state. You know, you're very, you're so immersed in what you're doing. Time goes quickly, and you, you're not thinking about these other things. You're not thinking about what's happening next, and you're not reflecting on the past. You're just doing it. And if you find something that does that to you, 
Oh, that's better than winning the lottery, isn't it? That's that's just it's, it's just you don't nothing else really matters, does it? I don't think so. You know, and I have those moments with my kids as well, and my wife at, at times as well. But you just you you know you lose time. Mm. You look, you have a you have a conversation with someone and go, "Where are those two hours gone? Yeah, that's present for me." So, and I don't think you can practice that. I don't think you can intentionally do that. It just happens, and and that's what I have with the with the coaching now. Look, this is not perfect. I have some bad days and dark days and I still fall over and make mistakes and then you come back quickly yeah. to, oh, this is not for me and uh, those old voices, old habits, uh, you're never going to work out what, you, what you're going to do, you've got no value to the world now, whatever. That, they're all still there, of course, because that's how I feel and I'm not going to try and bury those anymore because mm. at times I feel like that. But I, st- I get more moments now of being, just being there. And I think my realisation is those, those feelings are always going to be with me, no matter what. And that's an acceptance to that. So previously, in, in years gone by, I was trying to get rid of those feelings. They're not going anywhere. They're always going to be with me. And, and I'm finding some peace with that. That's okay. That's what they're, they're... And almost... Not just you, by the way. I just like to add, I don't... I, I, I like, that's extremely normal feeling. Yeah. Like, I, I would go so far as to say everyone... I can't be sure, of course, I'm not inside everyone's heads, but have you ever met anyone who never thinks about what next or whatever or has any doubt about what they're doing in any way, shape or form? Like, it's just... Well, not really. I mean, probably occasionally, but I'm not sure I believe them. (laughs) But that's true. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, because keep talking about the Zen monks, but... Um, they 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 work on that stuff every day. Yeah, you have to go you have to go and live in a monastery yeah. <laughs> and do all that stuff. Like um, there was a guy I listened to. Uh, I read one of his books, uh, Jay Shetty. Yeah, I've heard Jay Shetty. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm not actually uh, sorry if you're listening, Jay Shetty. <laughs> but I'm not actually a massive fan. <laughs> I I think mainly because there was a few contradictions for me. But one of the um, the things that was sort of disappointing was he talked about how. He was in this monastery training as a monk and, you know, they would do these spiritual practices and the meditations and it was hours and hours and hours. And he said, and he said something about, you know, how sometimes the monks would fall out with one another and, you know, they wouldn't talk to one another. And I was a bit like, oh, God, there's no hope for us, <laughs> is there? You guys are training this stuff all day, every day. Yeah. Uh, and you guys can't can't do it. Um, and uh, anyway, he's sort of left and he's taken his experiences and now he's he's operating a, a business through that which is was fine don't knock him for that at all um but uh it 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 made me it, it, i suppose there was a pleasant awareness to it because i was thinking well if i'm struggling sometimes to be content and think you know i focus on what i've got i focus on the, the wife the kids the nice home and my health you know all these that you can just list can't you all the things to be grateful for and you're still going yeah but what about if i um, well, look, even these monks are doing that. So, yeah, of course. Um, so we can we can give ourselves a break, I think, cut ourselves some slack. <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, be kind to ourselves. Mm. And it helps. I think it helps because then you don't feel lonely because you, you, you understand that others are, are feeling like that. Mm. And I think that's where the vulnerability comes in to be able to share that because then you can connect with people because they're waiting for someone to to share how they're feeling because they know they're feeling that way. And I... I Someone said to me once, it's almost like inviting them in for a cup of tea. Those 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 feelings. Yeah. And sitting them around the table and, and asking them, well, why are you here? Why are you scared? 
why do you why 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 is anxiety here why is fear here and almost including them in go and and having a conversation with them. I know this sounds really weird but having a conversation and going look I'm grateful you're here and I will need you at some point but I don't need you today so come with me and there will be a time I need you but not now because I I, I, I want to do this mm. and but there will be times when those feelings are needed and I think again it comes back to following those instincts to be able to go okay well I need you today because actually I don't want to do this today and that's the truth as well so I am going to turn around and go home because I've had moments like that as well so it's for me those feelings are who I am and they're never going anywhere so me trying to get rid of them ah, it's just a pointless journey just bring them with me yeah that's really good that's so useful for anyone listening like that word you said earlier acceptance mm. that's got to be like if you're going to write a list of principles towards improving your mental health that's got to be in there hasn't it acceptance well it just brings I think for me it brings peace because acceptance used to for me used to feel like a weak word oh, I'm accepting the situation that means I'm not willing to do anything about it I don't believe that anymore no. It's accepting that, allowing it, but I still can do something about it. So I'm not fighting it. I'm accepting it, but I'm still going to maybe, I don't know what the word is, but continue trying to do something about this, but I'm accepting what the reality is. Yeah. Yeah, I do hear you with that. Because you're still looking to progress your life in the multiple areas that your life consists of. Yeah. Um but you're also accepting that you can only control what you can control, I suppose. And um, some things are going to be as they are. And, and that's that, really. Well, it's, it's that. There's, I mean, I quite like listening to not all his stuff, but Jordan Peterson. I quite like yeah. Jordan Peterson. And he talks about that, that I mean, in, in a much more articulate way than I'm going to so say. So articulate, isn't he? But, yeah, <laughs> so he, he basically he's saying that you're never not going to be scared, but the quest is to become braver. <laughs> yeah nice so it's like those feelings are never going to go anywhere but can I become a little bit braver more courageous a little bit stronger that, can I work on that bit because that bit there's no point me working on that it's not going anywhere but can I work on that bit to become a little bit braver so last time I didn't step into that can I next time I like that yeah because they often say that with cur you, courage is not not being scared no. so if someone walks out and doesn't feel fear about anything that's not being brave that's not courageous it's where it's i'm actually i used to be into um uh like samurai samurai warriors and things and mm. when i was years ago i did a bit of jujitsu so i kind of got into that and the bushido code of conduct and things like that and to them courage is doing what is right like yeah. regardless you know, yeah. regardless of fear consequence it's just doing what is right uh, and i did like that but that's what you say there of um, accepting that it's going to be scary, but just getting better at cracking on anyway with it, you know. Well, I hear in coaching now with like, play, play with no fear. And I'm like sitting there and go, well, how do you do that then? Yeah. <laughs> if you could explain mean? to me you how to do that, then I'll that sit off, with you all day. But it's a big thing in football. You have it all around dressing rooms and stadiums, and it's like, oh, play with no fear. And I'm like, oh, it's just, we need to come away from that. How mm. do we, how, more, how do we play with fear? Yeah. Yeah, do you remember, um mentioned this actually, you know, when I was talking to George about anxiety, I read a book uh, called Fear, Friend of Exceptional People. Okay. 
And it talks about Mike Tyson in there, about him always being so scared and his, his trainer taught him to just channel it. Um, and probably there's some acceptance, accepting it's not going away. You're always going to fear, you're always going to have that fear, but just use it, you know, embrace it, accept it, probably like you, you, know, you were saying. Scary all that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, and it? it is, it is, John. But it's it's really interesting as well. I think uh, what I've found is it's it's exactly what you say. It's scary, but it is interesting. There's growth there as well, isn't there? Whenever you feel that, like you know, when you feel that, like, oh, oh. Oh, it's horrible. It's, it's, I mean, there's no, it's a horrible feeling. Yeah, and it's a physical feeling as well. I can, I feel sick. Yeah, like physically feel sick, but it's like, oh, what? Who am I? And what do I what, what am I trying to do? Well, if I'm trying to do that, and this is I believe this is who I am, then I'm, I need to do this. Yeah, I've used that word need. That I don't lie, but I, yeah, I, no, I, I do. Want, I, want, I should, yeah, I should, I should. I, I want to do this. Yeah, I remember the first time I I turned up to training with uh, at the club. Um, I mean, like I was confident in my knowledge because I loved it and I was passionate about the sports science side so I, I, I was confident I, was, I could bring something to the table but m that many I mean that many personalities confident guys that are excelling in their sport got that yeah. brotherhood that community and, and you obviously you know football and it's it's like keep up or <laughs> I don't know it was it was quite a scary environment to walk yeah. into I'm smiling because it's, it's brilliant because that's the that's the that's the environment you think you're walking into so confident I'd say insecure so I it's completely the other way yeah so but I, I understand what you're feeling and what you're thinking you're walking into oh it's, it was, the, it's the opposite it so was interesting everyone's confident I've got they've got it all worked out they know it nah but it was an interesting experience because I had, I'm, I'm not really sure why, like, but for, for a period, my dream job was to work as a sports scientist for, it wasn't necessarily a football club, actually. It was just a, a sports club. You know, I was into, into sport in general. So I thought being a sports scientist would be great. Um, and like, you know, like so many fantasies, they don't always live up to. <laughs> <laughs> and like some of you guys were great. Like you were great. I liked it. You had, um, it was a, I got on quite well with one of the players you had on loan at the time. For, it was Australian, Paul somebody. I can't remember his name now, but he was. Uh, Paul Reed. Reed, yeah. He was a really nice, uh, Adam was really nice. Um, oh, and Adam Elab. Yeah, I yeah. remember he was really nice. Um, Kerry Mayo. There's yeah. uh, <laughs> a funny story actually. When you were talking about like your sort of, um, we didn't mention fame, but I was thinking fame in my head when you were talking about the lifestyle of the football and stuff. And I was going to say I had a tiny little uh, little splash of that myself when there was a Christmas do for the Albion staff. And um, we went to, it was this pub in Brighton, I can't remember, on the seafront. And we are at the end of the bar. And I said to Malcolm Stewart, do you remember him? Yeah, I remember Malcolm. And I, remember, I said, uh, what are all those girls looking at over there? Because uh, there was a group of girls who sort of looking very very nice and looking down at us or looking at me actually Dean if I'm honest mate <laughs> and um, and I said what, what are they doing and um, Malcolm said oh uh, words probably got out that there's an, a Brighton do here tonight and um, they've come down to see the players they think you're Kerry Mayo <laughs> I was like oh brilliant did you play up to it no I didn't no <laughs> <laughs> um 
but uh, yeah, so yeah, my experience at the club anyway. Um, but yeah, you, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't say I actually rose to the challenge as such. So I went in there and I did my thing, but I was quite kind of suffocated by the personalities. Okay. Um, and and for me, that was it was a it was great experience, and it probably when I left and moved on and did other things gave me more confidence to go on and do other stuff and but while I was actually there I probably wasn't myself I was quite yeah. quiet I was quite shy I just felt quite intimidated yeah. um, not no you know no one was no one was unkind to me um I think um but I just felt it's just quite you've got to be a very confident guy to walk into that environment um yeah see I yeah it's so interesting because I obviously see it from both sides now and yeah, just I think it's the willingness to to walk in. That's that's that shows confidence. I'll be fine now. Yeah, because I'm I'm older than all for a start. Yeah, but back then I wouldn't have been. Does that always help? That's a question. Does that being older than someone does that always help? Yeah, for me it does. But I think that might be the way I've been brought up because I was kind of brought up to respect my elders. Yeah. Um, and 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 give people credit where's credit's due. So you know I'm going into a, a professional football club with guys getting paid more than. You know, potentially either would maybe yeah. I don't know, um, and you know, like I say, credit was credits due. I'm like I had the utmost respect for these guys. You know, they're play they're playing their favourite sport, getting paid well for it. You know, um, yeah, respect. So there was probably a little bit of that as well. And I had, um, you know, I had like I said, I was load of Brighton fans were friends, and every day I was kind of getting second hand credit and praise just because I was going in and hanging out with you guys so um, I remember getting a text from someone that I hadn't heard from for years going oh mate oh you're working at Brighton now that's oh that's awesome any chance you get some tickets so that I'm like oh well, here we go I think it's like yeah it is isn't it but um, look Dean um, there's still so much I'd like to talk to you about but maybe maybe um Talk some more another time if if yeah, if cool. You need you, um, of course. But it's been really interesting, and uh, you know, I love that we're we're a part of your your journey, and yeah. you know what you've been going on to do. And the honestly, like you going and working at Worthing. I mean, I said this to Aaron as well, like because Aaron's talking about working uh, on the strength and conditioning side and helping these guys because there's some youngsters that go into gyms now, yeah, um, and they're doing their thing but they actually don't know what they're doing. Yep. So he wants to kind of work with those to prevent them getting injured and, and sort of set them on the right path. But I can't think of more like important purpose than helping these young people in a potential career that they're going to be going into and someone that's been there, done it. Like you're going to be, you're going to be your great role model for a start but you're going to be able to sort of talk to them about all the stuff that worked well for you, all the stuff that didn't work so well, and then like managing that stuff mentally along the way as well. Like you're perfect for that role, surely. Well, I hope I can, John. I hope I can. I hope I'm willing to get out of my own way. That's the, the, the feeling to that fear that, you know, can I continue to do that? I hope so. That's my aim. I'm sure there'll be times where I won't, um, but that's, that's the aim. I, I, you know, if I can, if I can support those 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 players, um, and allow them to be who they are, that would be my biggest 
I'd love to see that. Players going onto the pitch, being able to, being willing to express themselves and accept who they are, and not having to try and be someone they're not. I see that in so many players. You know, whether that's because of the instruction from the coach, whether they don't feel as though they can be, whether they're not willing to to be, whether they don't understand who they are as a person, as a player. I think that can have a massive role on your career, because I say it to the Worthing players all the time, and I, I mean this. There's not a lot of difference from where they're at to the professional players. Right. There's not a lot. There really isn't. Technically, in terms of what they do with the ball, they're, they're, there's not much difference from them and, and pro players. Now, can the pro players do it more consistently? Maybe. If they've got more experience than them, maybe. If they've been brought up in a different environment, maybe. But with the people that are at Worthing, um, there's lots of players that have been around, people that have been around professional clubs that can got experience that can, that can pass on. So that would be my aim to, to, to try and help in any way I possibly can, whatever that means, whether it's on the pitch, off the pitch, of players allowing themselves to, to be them and express them and accepting that. And if that's not for Worthing, no problem, but it might be for someone else. But it doesn't have to be for Worthing. Does that make sense? Totally, I, yeah. I played yeah, the yeah. role so many times to try and please where I was at and, and gave away a lot of myself. With, because of fear, thinking, well, if I don't do it here, I'm never going to get anywhere else. And that's not necessarily true. Mm. It's not, you know, maybe you just don't fit somewhere. But if you continue to be you, I believe that you will get where you're meant to be. So trying to support people in that way would be, I think, would be pretty good. That'd be really good. You're, we were talking before, um, I think before we started recording, about trying to find a USP with, yeah. you know, someone starting a business or whatever and how it's actually really difficult because, you know, a lot of companies are all trying, we're all doing the same thing really. Um, but the only kind of USP that you can truly bring is yourself because nobody else has you. And although, you know, I'm saying to you, you're going to be fantastic in the role because of the experience that you're bringing, you've been in their shoes. Yeah, we can argue that lots of people have. But I think probably one of your USPs is authenticity, isn't it? It's like being real. And try to be John and I, I yeah sometimes I'm not I, I'm not going to sit here and say I am all the time because sometimes I still hide sometimes I still don't allow myself to be that through because of uh, what's someone going to think if I say that what if I do that maybe that's not what they want but I, I hope to get better at that so every time that I don't then I, I'm, I'm pretty aware now. Yeah. My awareness is pretty good. Talking about it now, so... Yeah, so I, I'm quite good at reflecting. Now, that brings frustration. It brings anger at times to me. Oh, why couldn't I be that? They need, So they needed me at that time to be honest and be authentic and say what I felt. Now, that's not meaning I've got all the answers because what I say might be a load of BS, but it's what I believe. Mm. And they might disagree, but brilliant, that opens up a line of conversation. And when I'm not able to do that, it hurts me because I know that's not me. And then I'm just being something else. I'm being a generic person that everyone else is. And you're saying the USP is yourself. Now, if I am who I am, that might not be for Worthing. They might go, do you know what? We don't do it this way. This is not what we think. Mm. Brilliant. No yeah, problem yeah. at all. But I believe I'll be able to find somewhere I can. Now, it might be for Worthing. They might go, brilliant. This is what I've been looking for. But I can only find that out by being who I am. And that's what I'm going to try and do. Now, I'm definitely not that all the time. But I've had moments. And those moments give you hope, I think. And I think, yeah, it's a progress. 
I think if you can work with progress without relying on the outcome, it has to be this way, I've got to get this, this has got to mean this, if I do this, this means this, I think that's tough. Yeah, that's a lovely place to finish there. You've been your authentic self and and not beating yourself up if sometimes yeah. you're not always your authentic self. Reflect back and, yeah, just keep making progress. Dean, that was brilliant. My pleasure, mate. Thank My you, mate. <laughs> Love to do that again sometime. And, uh, yeah, well, well, we'll talk again soon. Brilliant. Thank you, John. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, something you can do for me is subscribe to my show. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content, then please share it with them too. You can also head over to our socials and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website, www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk, fill out a contact form, that'll come straight to me. I will contact you shortly afterwards, and I look forward to speaking to you then.